You there, adventurer? Yes, you. Do you desire knowledge of immense worlds and arcane power? A codex of untold stories and lore? Or perhaps simply easy listening for your daily commute? Then feast your eyes, or more accurately, ears, upon Dungeonpedia. Shit's about to get nerdy in here. Welcome to Dungeonpedia, an exploration into the lore of Dungeons and Dragons. We're your hosts, Lou and Markel. Taylor Stanfield. And I'm Travis Beasley. And it's Taylor's birthday! Bortdort! Happy Bortdort! It's my Bortdort. Happy birthday! Thanks. Uh, I guess to be more specific, it is Taylor's birthday on the day of recording this, not, not the day it's being released because we fell behind a little bit. But, sorry. Feel it's free okay. to. Go wish her a happy late birthday. Yes. If everyone you would like. Go happy. to Twitter and tweet and say happy birthday to Taylor. Thank you. Who is newly 25. Woo. I am. She's now officially legally allowed to have her quarter life crisis. <gasps> yeah, which I've is, been waiting for this. Wait, I was never told this when I turned 25. Well, you were. You didn't know us. You were hanging oh, out wait. with the right people when you yes, were 25. Yes, you did. Never mind. <laughs> I forgot how old you are. <laughs> Oh, yeah, he's not yet 30. Not yet. Not yet. Well, you weren't hanging out with me. So. A couple months. That's true. Loon's the one who gives me permission to have a quarter-life uh, crisis. <laughs> I'm the one who gives Taylor permission to have all of her crises. Okay, so I guess, fine, I'll be exempt from that one. Yeah, fair. Fine, fine, fine. But yeah, we were we were gone for a bit. It was... It's been a while. <laughs> I was in that earlier. I'm sorry. It's still um, stuck in my head. It's okay. Right, yeah, like if it has to be stuck in my head, it has to be stuck in y'all's head as well. But um, we we did take a couple weeks off. I did tweet about this, um, and I'm not like, like I'm I'm fine to like mention this. This isn't like something that I feel like I need to say. It's just kind of like, yeah, we were, we it took a couple weeks off because my uh, grandmother passed away uh, a couple weeks ago now. Um, yeah. It's been a few weeks. A it's been, weeks. it has been a couple weeks. Um, yeah. And between, like, dealing with that and also, like, you know, getting everything arranged with, like, the funeral and the interment and everything. And everything's you know, harder in the year of 2020-2021. I mean, 2021 is basically just, like, is just, like, 2020 part two. Yeah. <laughs> essentially. Um, so, you know, we, we weren't able to record because of that. Um, you know, it it is what it is. And I feel like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm all right with it. You yeah. Know? And yeah. I was I was ready to get back to recording and talking about Dungeons and Dragons. Getting because, some normalcy in your life. Yes, yeah. and and also you know Dungeons and Dragons brings me a, a lot of joy. So I mm. was ready to get back to that. And we are really happy that you're back in with us. Thanks. We are. It's. Thanks. <laughs> I love how you say that. Like, I've had no contact with you the past, yeah, like, like three. I wasn't literally at her funeral. <laughs> right? Like, like, I've just been complete radio silenced instead of, like, 75% radio silent. Um, there is also one other thing that I would like to mention before we jump into our topic. Okay. Uh, for any that have not seen it, Taylor and I... I've oh, yeah. both been on a live art stream in the past 
couple well, weeks. A couple weeks with one of our fans, Joey, who is at JSS13 on Twitter. You can go there, check out some of his art, and probably find the links to the streams that we did, if he has it set on Twitch to be able to play back. Um, it was fun. We sat there, we talked about nerd stuff. He drew... Your characters. Our characters yeah. And, uh, we chose and asked him to draw. Yeah. And will be the next one up. You know, I was going to say something. <clears throat> That the, about that I was, but I appreciate that you put me on blast. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, I will. I will be doing that soon. Um, you know, there's been a lack of correspondence on my part because of you know aforementioned crazy yeah, shit. It makes perfect sense. going on perfectly fine. But I will also be doing that soon. If you guys uh, want to come see a completely unedited version of me, <laughs> because. This podcast is sometimes only saved by the fact that I can edit myself down. <laughs> yeah, and he can, but probably won't. Yeah. Uh, but if you go to his Twitter yeah. page, you can find the link to his Instagram and all of his art there. I suggest going so, absolutely. his art is just amazing. And He's phenomenal. It's mm. been a great time so far. Yeah. Uh, any other orders of business before we jump in? No. No, I think that's it. So, uh, jumping to our topic for this week, we are going back to the Get Yankee. Yay! It is Get Yankee uh, Part a Two. And get me more. Yes. I couldn't help it. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say it's been wait, like sitting there waiting. Yeah, we, that's fair. Yeah, legally though, you're not allowed to say it again. Legally, legally. since I am probably. sure that I'm titling this episode that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's totally fair. So, uh, again, this topic was suggested by Angus Kirk at the angry underscore goose. Thank you, Angus. On Twitter. Uh, So, we covered the very early bit of the Kith Yankee in the first part. Yeah. Only uh, getting into (laughs) second edition. Part of second edition, yeah. 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 Um, So, that's where we're going to leave off. We are still. Going to be in second edition for just a little bit longer. There was, Ow! There was a bit more information from a guide to the astral plane that I wanted to okay. get through before okay. continuing. Also, for some reason, I thought you were going to say the rest of like this episode, and I was going to fucking lose it. No, we will be finishing the the Gith Yankee this episode. Oh, okay. okay. So. Two-parter. Just a twofer. It's just a twofer. You're not going all in like me. No. Uh, at least not yet. There is also the Gitzerai that was a part of that suggestion as well, so I'll have to look into that to see how much of that. Oh, so this really is just the Githyanki, not the... Uh, yeah. Like, not the it covers Gith. some of both. Yeah, because they're just related, because, obviously. Yeah. Right. Related topics. But there might be some extra bits for the Gitzerai that might be more interesting for like their own episode. Like, mm-hmm. I'll have nice. to look into that. Yeah. So, um... Jumping back into it, A Guide to the Astral Plane, 1996. Hey, that's hey, when Taylor was made. That is when I was, well, no, that's, that's when, when I was born. <laughs> that's when you were born, yes. Yeah, you would have been, you know what, never mind. Let's never mind, about. let's not think about that. So I mentioned before that the Gith Yankee enjoy hunting. Yes, and, yes. And uh, specifically, they enjoy hunting the astral whale. Right, 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 right. Astral Whale. Yes, uh, because they provided great challenges for the Githyanki. But it goes a step further. 
Oh, oh mm. uh, well-armed parties and ships will sometimes also go after more powerful prey, such as an astral diva. Deva? Deva. 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 I knew it was not pronounced the way it's spelled. A dower, a foo creature, or a shidu or shedu. I'm not quite sure how to pronounce that one. So, hmm. finding information about the dower was kind of weird. They're not native creatures to the astral plane, mm-hmm. but much like the Githyanki, they kind of made their home there. Right. right. And they're kind of these weird, like, spirit-ish creatures. Spirit-ish. That also have, like, physicality to them. Okay. Yeah, it's weird. They can't uh, willingly travel in and out of the astral plane. They pretty much have to use someone else's way out, like a portal or a color pool that okay. someone else opens. You know what this kind of reminds me of? I believe it was the Gith in Eberron. Hmm. Or what? We no. What? What was it? It was not the Gith. Um. When you remember later on in this episode, you can just like shout it out. <laughs> In so, the midst of whatever we're saying. The Dalcor. Dalcor! The Dalcor. Right. Okay. And they might be relatively similar. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I can see the, the through lines there. So it took me a minute to find it, but the description of these things is just kind of weird. They are large creatures that have amorphous bodies of translucent protoplasm. Mm-hmm. Pulses of light and strange organs move in their bodies. Okay. And the center of the mass is a suspended three-lobed brain. Three-lobed? Three-lobed. Okay. Okay. Um, they generally attack with like a pseudopod sort of appendage, I guess. Hmm. Yeah, uh, I'm not quite sure how you get anything to eat from these. I mean, I guess you can eat the strange organs and the brain. (laughs) Or the, I mean, you could probably eat the the protoplasm. Or the pseudopods. Yeah. I don't know. I I mean, whatever it is. I'm assuming it's like a cellulose kind of thing. Probably. But it did mention that, you know, they hunt these things for gathering food when they're going to go on, like, voyages outside of the astral plane. Right. right. And I would imagine that there's probably also, like, a, a sport aspect to it as well. Yeah. Or more than Component, likely. yeah. Because, like, there's not a lot of stuff to do in the astral plane. Yeah. Right. You just, you know. You just kind of float around and... Hang out. Chill. <laughs> so, a foo creature is a powerful... Like a food dog? Yeah, that's what I was picturing. Yeah, uh, kind of like a Leonine Celestial. Oh, uh, fuck yeah. They yeah. would sometimes act as guardians for yeah, fuck yeah. things. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. are four-legged beasts with large, flat heads and big eyes. Generally have, like, large fangs, bodies covered in, like, thick fur. Yeah. So, yeah, you pretty much nailed it. And then the Shidu, or Shedu, are... Intelligent, wise, noble, and orderly beings. Their body was that of a muscular bull. They had strong, short feathered wings and a humanoid head, which was, quote, somewhat dwarf like. Somewhat dwarf like. Not completely dwarf like, but somewhat. Somewhat dwarf like. 
So they preferred to hunt these things because they were a bit more powerful prey. And I didn't look up the actual Deva or Deva because, I mean... I did an episode. You did the episode. Yeah. So I was like, we're good on that one. And it feels like the through line of all of those creatures, uh, for the most part... Well, I don't necessarily know about the uh, the Dower. Um, but I feel like the through line that one would say about the Shadu and the uh, Fu animals... And yeah. the devas is that they're all very um like good, yeah, yeah. upstanding, noble. Let's say creatures, which we yeah. know the gif are not. No, they are evil. not. Yeah, they are literally evil, <laughs> literally. So, uh, and I kind of wish I would have found this bit in the first episode, but I'm kind of glad I found this now. Uh, the Herakner. Arachner, which were the uh, <laughs> the energy weavers, basically of the of the gift, of the right, gift. right, 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 right. Yeah. Okay. So apparently, they operate essence mines that are on select few dead gods, hot to draw forth the strange energies associated with the powers of like the corpse, basically. So that's where so, all the Korean skincare comes from. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Because essence, for those of you who didn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotcha. So, I guess apparently there are various dead deities just floating throughout the astral plane. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, um, and they're just, uh... What's, what's his name? The, um, uh, Atropus. Atropus. Yeah, Atropus. And, and you know, the the idea of you know, taking the energies from the leftover bodies of dead gods is not untrodden ground for right. for Dungeons and Dragons. Because, like, that was uh, a Sarek's whole thing in uh, the Atropals. Yeah, with the Atropals. Yeah, exactly. With the Atropals. Uh, you know, that was his whole thing in that particular module. Yeah. I want to... S- <sighs> that might have been Tomb of Annihilation. That, I, that was Tomb of Annihilation. Yeah, it was. Yes, it was. So, you know, that makes sense. But also, yikes, kind of kind of spooky. Yeah. Um, apparently, over time, the bodies of the deities just turn into basically just, stone. Just these, like, deposits of energy. Yeah, and they're, huh. they just, like, turn into stone that they can mine and... Take these resources Weird. from. Yeah. It mentions sure. that they were always careful to not offend the guardian of the dead gods. How? What? <laughs> How do you not? I don't know because it didn't uh, explain it, it, any further it than that. It didn't elaborate. Because, for one, the notion that all of these would have a single guardian. like a Like an actual guardian, you know... A single one in particular, but like at all of them would have an actual guardian. And also like, how do you... De- how do you not offend? How do you deplete the resources from the leftover husk of this god without offending <laughs> their quote-unquote guardian? The, the you know, terms of which we don't even know. I'm, okay, What's so what? maybe it's like you're, you're allowed this much of magical mumbo-jumbo, but... But if you take any more, we're going to kill you. Yeah. Or like you have to mine it like naked because, you know, gods. something about this this god's worship that it demanded in life 
Yeah, so you have to do it naked. I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah. Don't, I don't know what the no rules sorry. are. I don't know what the rules are when it comes to gods <laughs> and D&D sometimes. So, um, shocking no one. The most common place to find a Githyanki other than the astral plane would be on the prime plane. No, uh, the plane where all the shit happens. Yeah. <laughs> the astral plane, also known as the plane where all the shit happens. No, the prime is where all the shit happens. Oh. The, uh, the, ast- the astral plane is where some of the other shit happens. Yes. Yeah. Some. That, that, that's my bad. Some shit happens. Uh, most of the time, the reason that they're on the prime plane is because they're under direct order from the Lich Queen. Uh, and she generally has two reasons that she would send them there. One of them is to establish a base. Right. Uh, the simple goal is to just maintain a presence and just kind of keep a watchful eye on things. Yeah. Yeah. And the second is to kill elephants. Right. Right. Because, you know, they, yeah, as, that's your purpose. As established, they have a completely understandable beef with elephants. Yeah. Yeah. And this one shocked me probably the most. They apparently will sometimes actually make temporary alliances with races on the prime plane. Ooh. That's intriguing. Okay. Usually it's only... It's only to, like... Serve a particular purpose? Mostly to help kill illithids. <laughs> right. right. It said one of the uh, most famous alliances was with the Dark Elves. Nice. Uh, they world in order to wage a war with the community of Mind Flayers. You know what? Yes. Yeah, that, that would be a, be a reason. An intersecting interest of those two groups. <laughs> they tend to avoid most of the Outer Plains. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they are too wary of the dangers and the natives there to really explore them. Fair enough. Uh, the lower plains are occasionally visited by the Githyanki. Right. Um, they, they're not as worried about that, but they also don't have a as much of a purpose in going there. Go there. Yeah. yeah. Um, they do tend to trade and deal with the Tanari and nice. less, less frequently the Ugaloths. Huh. Also nice. Apparently. Interesting. Um, they will sometimes be found wandering the inner planes, mostly searching for, like, magical items or ingredients. Yeah. Anything that can pretty much help them in their conquest to kill all Ilthids and the Githzera. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, manifest their destiny and all that. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're, they're into that, too, right? That kind of notion of expanding... Right. Um, I mean, are they? Is it mostly? No, are they mostly just motivated by their beef with the elephant and the Gazerai? They're mostly motivated with just the war on the elephants and the Gazerai. Okay. For some reason, like, I thought that they were of a somewhat more imperialistic mindset. Like I'm probably when, probably mixing them up with some other when, something uh, else entirely. But some other tangentially related. Yeah, yeah. Probably. Actually, weren't the elephants like that? Yes. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. The Illithid were... <laughs> yeah, I think we figured it out. Definitely yeah. uh, about conquest. Right. Still are, but... Less so, because they're, they don't have... They're the numbers, numbers. numbers. Right, yeah. right, 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 yeah. right. Okay. Um, Thanks, Gith. <laughs> Great yeah. job. Good job. Good Good job. Good job. Wow. Good job. Yeah. Apparently, at one point, they actually had a permanent fortress on the Plane of Fire and the Plane of Smoke, but... Ah. Currently, neither one of those are occupied. Didn't say why, but... Because it's too hot. It's too hot. It's too hot for them. I sure as hell wouldn't want to be on the plane of fire. I'd rather be there than the plane of ice, though. Uh, Yes, true. Let's be real. They also almost yearly 
will stage a campaign into limbo to attack Githzerai caravans and travelers. It usually doesn't end with anyone, like, gaining anything major. They just do it to pretty much fuck with the Gizera. Okay, now I, what? I, Mad respect. I love how it's also, like, it's stated specifically to be yearly. Like, it yeah. isn't just, like, they they continually do this, even though they don't really make grounds. It's, like, once a year, they're like, all right, oh. guys, limbo raid party time. It's time to Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, fucking... I don't know why this is the first comparison I can think of, but it's like prom. They're like gearing oh up. Oh my god. They're like, they're like gearing up for it, and they're it's, like... It's my baby's first raid. <laughs> they're like, oh yeah, I'm so excited for the limbo raid this year. Oh my god, what are you gonna wear? I don't know why. <laughs> and then it's like a fucking 80s montage of them like... But it's like them getting their weapons oh and god. stuff, and like doing push-ups. Yes. <laughs> and lifting things with their psionic powers of training. It's a training montage, like it. one may say. Oh, Speaking anyway. Oh, boy. So every Gith warrior, as well as most of the warlocks and the Gish, which, if you recall, the Gish are the hybrid. The multiclassers. Yeah, the, the battle multiclass ones yeah. that are allowed. Uh, they must serve time in an illithid hunting party as a means of training and initiation. Ooh, fancy. The units uh, will travel to other planes to find illithids, slay them, and then... Yeah, more than likely, back. mostly the prime. More than likely. Yeah. But anywhere they can find them, really. Which is a, a fair, like, if you have a, a vendetta against a creature, I feel like no matter what, it doesn't matter where you find them. Yeah, fair, fair, fair. They also use this as a way to give every warrior some of the same experiences as his ancestors who fought with the Mind Flayers for their freedom. So they use that as a way to tie it in, like, this is what your ancestors went through, so... So not only is it like a, uh, like a, what's the word, like, it's necessary for, like, survival and continuing and, like, their vendetta and their training, but it's also kind of cultural. Yeah. Yeah. It's like um it's like rum spring it, but with murder. <laughs> yeah. I forget if that's precisely what it's called, I'm sorry. I'm deeply sorry to any Amish people that happen to be listening to this somehow. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, it's it's like that. It's it's a it's a both like kind of cultural rite of passage as well as basically like mandatory murder. military service. Yeah. Yeah. Right, gotcha. So being as magically gifted as they are, they have Naturally created their own spells over time to aid them in their lovely conquests. Which are not level 24. Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> One of them is, shocker, Detect Illithid. <laughs> it's a first level spell that loads the caster to the presence of Illithids within 100 feet. Cool. Very by the book. Exactly Fair enough. As yeah. You, you yep. read it. Um, out of Time's Grip. Cool. cool. I like the name. Yeah. Um, I need a little bit more context. This is the spell that they created to allow them to leave the astral plane without aging. Nice. It lasts for one hour per level. Okay. And it will protect them from aging, aging and from time catching up to them as long as it lasts. Um, okay. It's funny enough, you can use Dispel Magic <gasps> to stop this effect. No! So, if you're fighting a Gith Yankee on the Prime Plane and you have Dispel Magic... That's all you need! 
that's we a, just have to hope that that's probably a good good shot to do that, you know? Yeah. You just have to hope that they're the ones that have stayed on the astral plane for long enough that the instant aging will kill them. I mean, I feel like if they're if they're of age to be like out and about on the prime, they've probably spent enough time on the astral plane that it would uh really hurt them. Oh yeah. As well. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they also created what is basically the opposite of that. The Clutches of Time. Oh. Uh, Intended to be cast on the astral plane, but it can also affect an individual under the effects of Out of Time's grip. It summons just enough temporal energy from another plane to have Time's effects catch up with the recipient immediately. Oh, no. So anyone that has been cheating Time by staying on the astral plane, if they use this, it will immediately speed up time and age them and possibly kill them, depending. Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. That's brutal. That's so brutal. They have also created some unique magic items that I just selected, like, two of them, because they were pretty cool. Okay. Uh, You have the psychic armor. Sick. Which is plate mail armor that protects the wearer from the physical effects of the psychic wind. Uh, Psychic Wind is pretty much a constant thing in the Astral Plane that can cause various effects on you. Right. Um, The Wind will not throw the wearer off course during Astral Travels. Ooh, that's handy. Yeah. Especially for ones that sail giant ships through the Astral Plane. Right. Yeah. That's so fucking sick. Then you have the Psychic Helm. Which protects the wearer from the mental effects of the psychic wind. It's like a magneto. It's like a magneto. It's like a magneto. Um, It protects from both the harmful and the beneficial effects. Oh, okay. So, like, they were able to block both of them, but they couldn't just block the negatives. So you couldn't, like, psychically communicate with your compatriots, let's say. But you couldn't be, like, mind-blasted. Um, actually, I'm pretty sure that this only, it only protects the, against the wind. The wind. Okay, okay. fair. All right, guys. So, so, yeah, so it's not a still be, No, you can still be psychic blasted with them. Oh, okay, unfortunately. great. Finally, we are jumping out of that book, and oh. we go to Drist Do Erden's yeah. Guide to the Underdark. Uh, that guy. That guy. There's only a few points from this one that I grabbed. That um, guy. <laughs> this is still from second edition. And there was a kingdom of Illithid known as the Kingdom Below, or... Sick. Sick name, um, actually. Yeah. Chichittle. Chichittle? Chichittle. Oh, Chichittle. C-H apostrophe C-H-I-T-L. Chichittle. Sure. Sure, why um, not? All right. Yeah. Apparently, this kingdom was a target of the Githyanki. I wonder why. It's almost mm. like it was an Illithid city full of Illithid. Almost. Doing Illithid things. And in 1362 DR, a Githyanki hunting party just uh, by chance happened upon the astral components uh, to Chittle's elder brain. <laughs> elder brain. So the thing with this particular elder brain apparently was it had, and I didn't research too much into it, but it basically had like a connection to the astral plane and the prime plane. It was kind of like a split. Gotcha. Connection thing, but without one connection, then it would die eventually. Mm -hmm. So it had to, like, maintain both. Right. 
Um, so, you know, naturally when they saw it, they attacked it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And because it was such an abrupt, unforeseen attack, the only thing that the Elder Brain could do to try to save itself was it shifted itself entirely to the Prime Plane. Oh. Mm-hmm. Which more or less killed it. Yeah. Because there was no way for it to get back to the Astral Plane at that point. Its ties had been severed. Yeah. So without being connected to the Astral Plane... It, it was just die. It was going yeah. to die. It was basically a fatal move, but... What else was it going to do? Yeah. Yeah, and it pretty much stopped the Githyanki from, like, getting anything important from it. Oh, yeah, true. <clears throat> Which I assume is it was the more pressing issue for, Perhaps, yeah. for it. Yeah. <clears throat> Tactical retreat. It was kind of like one of those things where I would rather die than you get a hold of something. Yeah, like a, like a cyanide pill in the teeth kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much. So that was pretty much the only interesting thing from that. We're going to jump to third edition. Yay! Uh, at the Manual of the Plains from 2001. Yeah! So I mentioned before that the largest city that Githyanki have was Tunaroth. Right. Yeah, because I said Tuna Wrath. <laughs> Tuna Wrath, yes. <laughs> I forgot about that. Well, apparently, uh, this city was actually built on one of the nameless and forgotten dead deities. Oh, sick. <laughs> That's so fucking sick. Yeah. That is pretty sick, I'm not going to lie. Like, goals. <laughs> um, apparently, the deity had been dead for eons. Cool. When the Githyanki first showed up on the astral plane. So at this point, its body or its flesh had been turned into stone over the centuries. It's been tens of thousands of years. Nobody's using that. There is subjective directional gravity. That's a direct quote. Nice. That holds sway within 200 feet of this whole stony form that allows the inhabitants... The inhabitants? The inhabitants? I was going to let it go, but... The inhabitants to walk around normally. Yeah, so it's like it has its own, like, gravitational field. Yeah. Right, okay. Because they they were making this place, and they they looked at some of D&D's rules for, like, zero G, and they were like, nah, we're just going to give it a gravity field, man. I don't want to deal with that. Right. Um, At this point, I believe it is necessary to mention that in case people forgot, in the astral plane, pretty much every physical, like, land mass is constantly floating throughout the astral plane. Yeah, it's right. just floating around up there. Which is why it's important that it has its, like, its own, like, directional gravity. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, you would just kind of, like, be floating around right. with it. Yeah. Um, it has a population of about 100,000 Githyankis. Cool. Yeah. And... As I mentioned before, this is where the Lich Queen lives. She lives in her little palace all by her lonesome, basically. I mean, she's a lich. That's kind of... That's kind of the thing. They usually usually live in a palace or a tomb or some sort of structure like that by themselves. Yeah. Because nobody likes them. Um, The palace itself is carved from what may have been the forehead of the dead deity. Cool. (laughs) Yeah. So, this is where one of the bigger changes comes in, and this change kind of sticks around from here on out, Mm -hmm. is instead of devouring 
anyone who reaches the 12th level from, like, the previous versions, or any Githyanki, rather. Right. Um, she now will do that to anyone that reaches more than 16 character levels. Okay. So, so the cap has been... The, the cap, cap has been raised. Okay. And I think part of that was because this is when they also kind of started introducing more so the ability for Githyanki to be player characters. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. They don't want to immediately kill off everyone who picks their brand new uh, character race. Yeah. Yeah, so fair. the 12, like, level cap seemed a bit too low for a player character. <laughs> yeah. Scores. Imagine that. Your friend is playing against Yankee. And they reached, like, what was it? 12? 12. Yeah, they reached, like, character level 12. And then your whole party gets spirited away to just, like, this palace of this lich queen. <laughs> and she just wastes your entire fucking party. And your DM's like, sorry, shouldn't have played against Yankee, Jeremy. That's God, I happens. warned you. <laughs> no, but he he didn't warn Jeremy. Oh, yeah, he just oh. he was just Jeremy like to read. He was just like, hey, 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 yes. Actually, that is a lot more in character for a DM. Typically, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> it it did mention that player characters of Githyanki were not immune to that. So, oh, that has so much. So that has so much like role playing potential. If a player character got too strong, the Lich Queen would <laughs> devour them. They like, they like hit level fifteen, and they're like. They're like magic discipline. And they're like, all right, I gotta be a warrior now. <laughs> oh my god. Wait, no, is it like stacking classes too? Oh, I hope. I, I, it, it's just character levels. So oh, regardless no. of multi-class. Yeah, because I guess the, the magic potential is the same regardless of yeah. what discipline you're actually taking. Because that's the whole thing with the Githyanki is that they have a lot of latent magical and psionic yeah. potential. Yeah. Oh man, that's too much. That has so much juicy, juicy role playing yeah. like potential. Holy shit! So it gave just a little bit more detail on like the ships and the equipment that they have. Not a whole lot more, but just a bit that was kind of interesting. Um, it did mention that each ship requires years of work to create. Sick. Which isn't terribly surprising considering that they're basically being created by psionic Yeah. And also that they're being they're being made to fly around the astral plane. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Pretty Um, turbulent. Most of them are equipped with harpoons and ballista. The larger ships have catapults. Nice. And they are built to be able to ram other ships and creatures. Sick. Uh, larger and up to two size categories smaller than themselves. Nice. Because I guess if you get too small, then the accuracy would be incredibly difficult to actually hit. No, at that point, it just becomes like a like a fly on the windshield, you know? Yeah. Like a little yeah. like gnome just splat oh, against the no. front. <laughs> Why did you have to use the gnome, though? You know? You want to know the actual reason why? It's because my brain was telling me Lalafell because I don't do anything besides play Final Fantasy XIV and I was groping for the nearest thing to Lalafell. In my brain, to the nearest thing that I could think of in comparison to Lalafells and Dungeons and Dragons, which is gnomes. So that's why I had to use gnomes. No, that's fair. That's fair. I need to get help. Well, uh, while Lewin figures out her groping situation, we're going to take a break. (laughs) 
And uh, we'll come back with uh, some more information from the Monster Manual. Are you are you uh, ashamed that you just got out sex joked? I've never heard anyone complain about my groping before. <laughs> hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to Gith Yankee Part 2. Yeah. We are guessing you more. We are guessing you more. <laughs> we can't stop making that joke. Hope you enjoy it. Uh, just going to do our ad breaks and then we'll get right back to it. First and foremost, as always, we do still have our affiliate partnership with Metallic Dice Games going on. Ooh, hold on, hold on. Oh. Oh, it's... Yeah. Nice. <laughs> you know you needed that sound? We know you need that good, good dice sound. Uh, if you desire those good, good dice sounds and want more dice to make them with, feel free to go to MetallicDiceGames.com, peruse all of their lovely selections of dice. Pick out everything you want, dice, dice trays, and all the accessories that they might have. And uh, on checkout, just enter the code DUNGEONPEDIA for 10% off your entire order. The entire order. Get everything at once. Provided that you have the money. Of course. Yeah. I mean, obviously don't break the bank. But but you won't, because 10% yeah. <laughs> you get 10% off. You get 10% off. <laughs> uh, that is MetallicDiceGames.com. At checkout, just enter the code DUNGEONPEDIA for your 10% off. We, of course, still have our Patreon if you would like to support us more directly, which is just at Dungeonpedia. And we have a $5 tier where you get access to all of our notes. But other than that, we just appreciate your support. It just goes towards helping to improve the show. We use some of that to help improve our setup currently. We are always just trying to find the ways to make things sound better or to reach out to more people. And we appreciate all of your assistance. Yes, it's been great. Of course, if you would like to just follow us, we would always appreciate that, too. It, it also helps out. And you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Dungeonpedia. And, of course, if you want to suggest a topic or reach out to us for anything, like we've recently had some people reaching out to us. Yeah. Um, you can do so at Dungeonpedia.podcast at gmail.com. This episode was suggested by Angus Perk. You can also suggest a topic. Yeah, through our email or honestly on our social medias. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you can also subscribe wherever you listen to us to get notifications as soon as we post our new episodes, which should be back to regular and normal now. Yes. Also, while you are on said platform, if it allows the opportunity to rate or leave a review, we would really appreciate that. Helps us stand out. <laughs> Everyone so much. Everyone's a bit more inclined to click on something that has some reviews. Yep. Uh, and also, even more than that, Tell your friends, tell your family who like the gifts. Tell your coworkers who like space pirates. Or who like space. Or who just enjoy lore or in who general. Really hate Illithid. Or who really hate Illithid. Like this is definitely one of those topics that I could throw in there and be like, hey, you hate Illithids? So do these people check. You know who the gif don't hate? Who? Alexander Nakarada. Because he made our beautiful theme song, Blacksmith. And he's also not an illithid. And he's as, also not an illithid. As far as we know. I mean, we've we never know. met him. He could be. He could but, be. That would explain the psychic draw that that song has over me. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway. <gasps> wow. That was pretty good. No, 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 no. I didn't really like it. But you know well, what I would... I liked it. I, you know what I would like is to get back to the podcast and learn more about the gift. All right. Well, let's go back and uh, give you more. <laughs> So now that I'm done being relentlessly bullied for being bad at speaking, (laughs) grasping was the word I wanted, by the way. 
Not groping. Not groping. I was groping around in my brain to find the word grasping, but I didn't. You know, I didn't get there in you, time. Did you finally grasp the uh, grope the right uh, node, <laughs> nodule, whatever they're called? I don't fucking know brains. <laughs> Jesus. <sighs> yes, gro- grope the node. Grope the node. You oh, gotta Lord. grope the node. <laughs> oh, grope my node harder. There's baby. a reason. Oh. There's a reason why this is not a biology podcast. And there's also a reason why this is not done live. <laughs> all, I mean, all true. There, there are a few reasons why it's not done live, but... That's one of them. This is the fact that none of us can fucking speak. You're not wrong. Anyway! Alrighty. So, uh, Monster Manual version 3.5. Yeah! Released in 2003. Not a whole lot really changes between... Really, any of the additions as far as, like... The the broad strokes. Yeah. I mean, they remain of, like, any evil alignment. Cool. They are described as being gaunt, averaging just over six feet tall. Yeah, tall. Thin. Typically weighing around 170 pounds. Tall, ugly elves. Svelte. Pretty much. Um, they are craftsmen. Nice. Yeah. I'm disappointed. I was expecting it. I can't because we've already it's trademark. Uh, I'm sure he wouldn't do that. Anyway, my first things first. I'm a craftsman. There, there we go. go. I'm also a bad singer. Oh so. right, right. That I was. I was like insert weird out joke here. Oh, you were prepared. I'm so sorry. Um, but they focus exclusively on items of warfare. Okay, shocking. No one at this point. No, no, that kind of that doesn't shock me. But I feel like in it, it was in the in the past they had such a they had a tradition of a lot of different kinds of art. Well, you know that is true. They were very into art and everything and before. music and, and architecture. Kind of doesn't get mentioned ever again. Ever again. Ah, tis a shame. Yeah. I, I see because I like like don't get me wrong I like monster races but I like it when they have they're multi they need to be multi dimensional yes they do. yeah because like you know everyone loves like war <laughs> everyone loves war <laughs> and everything but it's like it, it, it's more interesting I think when it's also like they got they got uh, I'm saying what Taylor said in a less eloquent way they need to be multi dimensional think yes. Um, their items are very distinctive, and it mentions that any non-Gith Yankee who acquire them run the risk of immediate retribution if they ever encounter Gith Yankee. Oh, when they have this item, like any item from a Gith Yankee, just because of how distinctive they are. Yeah, yeah. Um, they speak their own secret tongue, and they also know common and draconic. Sick. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's right, because they have that whole... They have the pact with the red dragons. Right. Yeah. Um, their weapons are usually, you know, great swords, bastard swords, pretty much anything that is, like, a large-bladed weapon. Sick. And they are all masterwork quality. <laughs> nice. And each one is distinctively decorated and named. Ooh. <laughs> oh, I love I love weapons with fancy names. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Fuck yeah. I feel like that is a holdover though. Well not holdover, but it did mention in earlier editions that um all of like all of their 
crafts had a very distinctive like look to them. Yeah. Like a lot of flair and like filigree and shit. Yeah. And that is still very much the case. Nice. So we jump to the uh underdark oh, my favorite accessory place. book. Oh. Say yeah. in general. I mean in two thousand three. And I believe given the timeline, it doesn't specify what underdark is specifically made for, but I'm pretty sure it's still made for, like, third 3.5. Right. And probably anything beyond that, really. Just because it's, like, an expanded... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, accessory lore book, basically. But uh, this was kind of... Well, actually, Lewin kind of nailed it on the head earlier, and you'll find out what I mean here in a minute. Oh, I, I figured something out, guys. You did. On accident, too. <gasps> so That's he, how I usually figure things out. The Githyanki took over the ruins of an ancient dwarf realm known as Torglor. Torglor. <laughs> okay. Why are dwarf Why are dwarf like that? like that, honestly? It's uh, a good question. And they uh, established a military encampment there in order to fight the Illithids of Orendal. Orendal was, I guess, a... Illithid. Ilfid settlement, like, settlement that was yeah. close to Torglor. It also <laughs> sounds very dwarven, let me say that. Orendal? Yeah. yeah, it does. And over the course of taking over this place, they have unearthed several inventions that the doors have made that would aid them in fighting these same Ilfid. Oh boy. Mm-hmm. One of them is called the Brain Cap. The Brain Cap. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's, I figured it out. That's, that's your Magneto. This is your Magneto. Oh, I did it! I did it! This is a metal cap that fits closely over the wearer's head. I did it. It gives a plus four resistance bonus on saving throws against enchantment effects and grants total immunity to psionic mind blast attacks. <laughs> I did it! You did it! I'm so smart! You so, are. Take that, Charles! <laughs> take that, Charles! <laughs> <laughs> Charles just... Charles the elephant. Charles the Elephant. Oh, I love it. I love Charles the Elephant. He sounds like he would be a... Smartass. A smartass and a, like, traveling merchant. Yeah. Charles the Traveling Merchant. He's an elephant. Just don't go when he's hungry. Yeah. He's just like a nice elephant. Or, if you do go when he's hungry, make sure you're wearing the Starver armor. The what? So, the Starver armor... Is another one of the inventions that the doors made that has a special defense against enemies that try to grab or swallow the wearer. <clears throat> when a grapple check is made, razor sharp blades spring out in all directions. <laughs> what the fuck? That deal 2d6 slashing damage. The blades instantly retract if the wear is released. Otherwise, they will continue to deal 2d6 <laughs> points of damage to the grappler all every the round. All the way down. Oh, that's what you... Oh, my God. That's what you get for liking Vore, you dirty fucking bastard. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I love how you said, like, grappler, like, um, like, kind of, a like, a. a a barbed, like, burr kind of situation. But my mind was just straight like a dragon fucking swallowing this person, and it just, like, it all is the way also down. meant for that, too. All the way down. Yeah. Oh, my God. Until you get into the stomach, and you just start doing fucking, like, hops, like a bouncy castle. Just, just, 
Can <laughs> bust your way out? You know what else I pictured in my mind? What? What? Uh, Beetlejuice. Whenever he makes all the spikes come out of his body, oh he gets picked up God. and then gets like stuck to the mat. Oh, the yeah. yeah. Diagram thing. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Oh man. It did mention that if you are swallowed, they will still be activated. But if you die when you're swallowed, then they become inert. So, like, basically, you work so hard to get this meal, you finally get it? Yeah. I mean, you're still going to take a whole lot of damage in the process. Hey, sometimes food but... does that to you. <laughs> it does a lot of damage, but you still enjoy it, you know? And you still, uh, I, and you still I, keep eating it for some fucking have, reason. Yeah. yeah. We've all been there. Um, so, this is one of the only few times that I've seen mentioned that outsiders are welcome here, but... Only if they can prove that they're there to kill elephants. Oh, sick. I'm I'm down. I love how that's like... That's their one What's their rule? one rule is you well, have to prove to them that you have as much of a hatred of elephants as they do. Yeah, but it's not even just like the ambiguous like, oh, you mean them no harm or you're going to help them out with something or you're super into fancy filigreed swords with names it's like no how good are you killing illicit we don't even care if you're like racist and don't like the gift like just are you if you can kill illicit you are welcome and you want to kill illicit you're welcome yeah yeah um showing a hatred of illicit is a good way to convince them and it also mentions that they will also accept uh one illicit head per person as a token of entry though they won't say that but if you just happen to present that, they would accept it. So that's just it. If you ever kill an elephant, cut off its head and keep it with you in case you need to go make a deal with the Githyanki. Yes. Yeah. Just, exactly. for, just in case. Just in case. Like, yeah. yeah. You never know when you're going to need an elephant head. <laughs> so uh, now we jump to the monster manual for 4th edition. Okay. So why are we mad? Um, We're not. No. no. Actually, surprisingly, they left very little unchanged as far as, like, the lore goes, and everything pretty much just reads the same way in the Monster Manual. But we also know that 4th edition Monster Manual lore is, like, half a paragraph, and that's it. Yeah, Travis uh, did air quotes when he said the word lore. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if you could hear that, but... Probably not, but that's okay, because you got the description. Yes. Um, you can tell that someone in charge of 4th edition liked the GIF. Yeah, because they didn't really change anything. One of the biggest differences is that they now have the GIF Yankee Mind Slicer instead of, like, Warlock. And taking into account, like, the stat changes just, like, as a, in general, for 4th edition and how everything kind of shifted. Right. They are still basically the same thing as a Warlock. They just changed the name. More or less. Yeah, which is like, whatever. It, yeah. it doesn't sound as cool as you think it does. Yeah. Like, sometimes it sounds pretty cool, but sometimes it's just like, all right. Like, I get the reason for calling it a mind slicer on various levels, because, I mean, they're killing illithids and mind flayers, and they also use psionic mind powers. Yeah. But, I mean, they're they're the same thing. Yeah. You could have just left the name the same, but, I mean, that's something that I'm not even going to bother getting mad at, because... At least they didn't ruin everything. Yeah. They didn't change, like, anything other than that, really. Mm -hmm. And, of course, giving each type a ability that, like, every monster and every 
character in fourth edition had, but the fucking auras. Yeah, shit like that. They're handing that shit out like like it's fucking candy. Like, like it's just like the free mints you get at restaurants. Just like here you go, have an aura. Here, have an aura. So we just kind of skip through fourth edition this time. And we go to the plane above. Simply because we're not mad about it. Not because it's like, fuck this. Yeah. It's just like, all right, fine. Same. So I think what we've learned today is that we don't have anything to talk about fourth edition unless we're mad at it. Yeah. Unless we're like really, really mad at it. Yeah. More or less. Sweet. So from the plane above, uh, it gave just a little bit more detail about the pact that Gith made with Tiamat. And... I don't know, kind of a little strange because, like, before the whole mystery was, you know, no one knows exactly what happens at that meeting. Just I know that what they know that Gith never returned. Right. <clears throat> um, I'm guessing now we know what happened. Now we know what happened. It states that Gith traded herself and her eternal soul she possessed. Her soul. Right. <laughs> yeah. Her soul. Her, her, yeah. her soul. Her eternal soul is. What it said, but basically traded herself and her soul, physical and spiritual. Definitely physical, if you know what I mean. (laughs) In order to strike up the alliance with the Red Dragons. Okay. Um, Also, Vlakith's soul, along with the souls of all future rulers of the Githyanki, were also thrown into the mix of this deal. Oh, oh man. man, you caught me off guard with that one. Oh, yeah. no. Oh, yes. Yeah. That's pretty much what uh, Tiamat was saying as she was started counting her new lovers. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> man, um, god damn. How, yeah, I was going to say, how, how good was that lay? <laughs> how good does it? Was it worth it? How good does it, how good does it have to be for you to, you know, give up the eternal souls of basically, like, all of your descendants. Well, I guess it could be, like, not rulers, but you know what I mean. So, I, I realize To that give up the souls of a lot of different people. We're both making this joke, but, like, that was never, like, explicitly stated that that's what happened, or that... Oh, yeah, I feel like we should say that. It's not It's not necessarily true that... Yeah, like... <laughs> that, that Giz just became one of Tiamat's little consort playthings. Yeah, she she wanted to protect her people. That's just what I chose... That's what I, just what I choose to believe. Yeah. And now, <clears throat> we also know why... Uh, the current Vlakith is a lich. Be- yeah. She, she doesn't want to die. Yeah, she's basically finding a loophole in Tiamat's plan. <laughs> or, not her plan, Tiamat's pact. Right. Yeah. So, oh, that's she delicious. She has more or less eternal life. I mean, obviously, liches can still get killed. Right. It's just a bit harder. Tiamat is having all of her consorts, like, like dig through the... The bylaws. The, the yeah, the, <laughs> the giant, thick-ass book. That, that constitutes that, and they're like, and she's like, no, I'm sure. The, I'm sure this is cheating This somehow. is somehow, somewhere. And, like, one of her consorts has his glasses perched on his snout, and he's just like, I can't find anything, I'm sorry. I got nothing. And then she kills him. And then she kills him and finds another one. Yep. Because that's what, how she do. So, I uh, realized as I was reading through this, because I almost skipped over this part, that I didn't go into a whole lot of detail before about their famed silver swords that the higher-ranking Githyanki carry. Mm-hmm. 
So this gave a bit more information that I was like, okay, I'll just skip that. And I was like, wait, no, we need some of this. <clears throat> we need some silver swords. So these silver swords that um, the higher ranking carry, they are made of, I mean, steel, obviously. Right. And alchemical silver. <laughs> and cool. also, they contain slivers of the living gate. What? What? Um, again, are we taking another peruse into uh, a full metal alchemist? Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> the living gate is the original gateway through which the far realm breached the astral sea. Huh. And that's one of the reasons the Githyanki tend to travel the astral plane so much is because they are constantly in search of these little slivers of this gate that are constantly in, like, rotation of trade throughout the Astral Sea. Yeah, I've watched Full Metal Alchemist. I'm not going to mess with that. Yeah, this is this is definitely a Full Metal Alchemist. Yeah. And these swords, other than, you know, being fuck awesome. awesome and magical in their own right, also has a, I believe it was 5% chance when being struck by it, to sever the silver cord that attaches a traveler from another plane in the astral plane. So you just get yeeted back to whence you came. Or no, that, no, that you die. You. Yeah. yeah. <gasps> like, oh, if, no. if you're basically this silver cord is like your tether to, we'll just say, the prime material plane. Yeah. If that tether oh. gets severed, you're stuck. You're stuck. You have oh. no way back. Oh, that's like a. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's like a. Insert Shadowbringer spoilers. Oh. Oh, balls. Yeah. Oh See, for God, some reason, my immediate visual was it just sends you back from whence you came, which is like annoying. But that's no, like that's grim. No. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So don't don't get hit. Don't uh. Yeah. <laughs> the best way not to get hit, don't be there. Don't. You are not wrong. Yeah, or come bearing illithid heads so the they know what will about. not be mad at you. Yep. And I can't take credit for that uh, saying. That was a saying that my Aikido instructor always said to us. So Don't get hit. Yep. The best way not to get hit is to not be there. Ah. So. I, I bet they're listening right now. Uh, probably not. Okay. <laughs> if you are. Hi, yes. Travis is former Aikido instructor. Nice That'd to meet you. Master Wayne Hall. Nice to meet you, Master Hall. Um, so they don't have, you know, a deity that they worship other than the Lich Queen, which yeah. isn't a deity. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons they choose to not worship any deity is because they see gods as the highest form of slavers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean... Yeah. I mean. And (sighs) although they have chosen not to follow the path of faith and religion, they apparently still have something that is similar to a cleric. Ooh. They have a caste that is, like, similar to a, like, paladin cleric. Or a paladin or a cleric. Yeah, paladin cleric. A paladin cleric. And these are called the Gastil. Cool. And they have the ability to channel power directly from the Lich. Yep. Oh, sick! Yeah, uh, that's pretty much all it really states about them. But um, they're also like you know the 
eyes and ears of the Lich Queen. I was trying to think of, like, Spy Master. I was like... They're basically spies well, yeah. for the Lich Queen. Yeah. Cool. The Liliana's for them. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't trying to rush you along. I was like, what is the word I'm looking for? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so they're essentially like clerics and everything, but name and the fact that they don't take their powers from a traditional god. Like, god. Yeah, they take it from a Lich Queen. Sure. Sure. So the body that the city of Punareth was built on apparently still radiates waves of energy that will like pulse out across the Astral Sea. Okay. Oh, All right. The Githyanki cartomancers have learned to read the patterns and echoes of this energy and translate the information into the most up-to-date charts of the Infinite Sea, which is the only way the Githyanki are able to navigate without getting lost. Because the captains have their maps, and every time a cartomancer updates it, they're all linked together. Oh, they got that cloud software. Okay. So, when you said cartomancy, I had a moment where I was like, Taylor had a moment. that like necromancy for cartographers? Are we talking about magical cartographers? Yes. But then I also looked it up, and apparently cartomancy is a form of fortune telling. What? what? I did not know this. Yeah, it's literally uh, card reading. The, what it, the hell? They so spelled anyway. it wrong. <laughs> but, okay. But yeah, Sorry, that's bad. how the Yankee can travel this astral sea where everything is constantly shifting and not I, ever get lost. Because they have magic cartographers. Yes. I love how, who do tarot readings on the side. Yeah. I yeah. love how even when they're not directly like, like space pirates... They're they still kind of space pirates. They are basically space They're pirates. They're still kind of space pirates. They might be one of my favorite, like, monster races now. Yeah, like, monster races that are also playable races. Yeah. They yeah. kind of are in that, um, that, that quasi, you know, that middle ground, if you will. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's so fucking sick. Unknowing to all the other Githyanki, uh, Vlokith has been secretly trying to find a way to become a deity herself. Mm. Ooh, that's not going to make very many people very happy. No. Um, basically, if she were to succeed in this, it is likely that most of the Githyanki would align themselves against her. Yeah. yeah. Because oh that goes against <laughs> their, their, whole, their whole belief is, you know, they're not going to worship a deity because they are slavers. Yeah. But she just... has not found a way to do it yet. Why? But apparently she's trying. Is that just like the lich instinct? I think that's the lich I instinct. I think it might be the lich instinct, yeah. Because well, at this point she has found a way to be virtually immortal. But to become a deity she would be... Truly immortal? Yeah. Yeah. With, I mean, with the within, within the strictures of other deities or yeah, right, and then she would be immune to the pact that was made with Tiamat, and or at the very least, she would have the power to nullify it or do something. Yeah, yeah. see, and that I really do think that's just a natural inborn lich instinct. It's like as soon as you like imbibe that potion, it just like you're like, fuck, I gotta be a god. Fuck, I'm too powerful, man. I gotta do something about this. Yeah, because... Goddamn. Because even, like, Aseric... Aseric did not want to be a god. 
but he wanted to be able to create gods, which yeah. is, hey, yeah. you know, literally the same thing. He, yeah. he, he did vie for the power of a deity, just not the everything else. He just wanted to create weird life and just kind of set it free and watch whatever was going on. Watch whatever would happen. Whatever happens, happens. Yeah. yeah. But I really do think that's like, you know, people talk about like greed or whatever being like the human instinct. I think just wanting to be a god is the lich instinct. I think you're right. It's just the impulse. Yeah. That they must fulfill. So it mentions that the Gedanki have two main factions that they split into. Uh, the first one is the Far Travelers. Um, these are basically like the true nomads of the mm-hmm. Gedanki. Uh, they hold themselves completely apart from Tunarath and Vlokith and like the, everything that community yeah that has to do with it mm-hmm. um they were unwilling to give up their life of like perfect mobility and freedom when Tunarath was first built nice so they got gifts blessing and they loaded up onto like dozens of ships and just went out to travel the astral sea nice. they are their own nomadic sailor past, basically yeah sailor community and, I mean, due to this whole fact, you know, they don't have access to all the things that others, the others have, like yeah. the Cardomancers or the Pact with Tiamat, so they don't have the yeah. Red Dragon backup and everything, but they don't mm-hmm. care because... They get their freedom. Yeah, yeah they because they don't, wanna, they don't want to live that lifestyle. They do, however, still have a sense of loyalty, though. Okay. So every year they will load up a single astral vessel with a tribute of like treasure, raw materials, magic items, etc., 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 that they will sell to Tunarath to give to Vlakith and the Githyanki to aid them. Oh, okay. That's so it's not like they completely abandoned them. They're just like, we don't want to be a part of your militaristic structure. Yeah. We're going to go do our own things. And then once a year, we're going to bring you a lot of gold and pretty things. Yeah. Leave us alone. And then Yeah, just have, let us do our thing. You have basically the total opposite of them, which is the Gulathron. Uh, the tight. <laughs> Thanks. This group takes the oath of vengeance against the Ulthids the most serious. Uh, this is the group that will launch the attacks on the Ulthids outside of the Astral Sea. They will strike first against any threats to the Githyanki. They're pretty much the ones that do like the heaviest of fighting. Right, right. Uh, yeah. They except they do differ. Whereas, like most of the other Githyanki will invade a place, plunder it, take what they can, and then leave. These will use their invasion to more or less just try to conquer that place. Oh, beautiful. So, like, they, they occupy it. Yeah, they'll go in, plunder it, and then they stay there and occupy it and try to take over, basically. They'll try to set themselves up as rulers of all the places that they invade mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and try to make sure that the Illithids have no safe place to stay, ever. So they don't just, like, come in and kill all the Elsa and then leave. They, like, salt the earth. <laughs> Pretty much. much. That's the vibe I'm getting anyway. Mm-hmm. I like, their mindset is basically, if the Elsa were here once, they'll come back. So anytime they invade, they stay there. They're not wrong. Probably. 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 So people of the prime material plane don't really have to worry about them at the moment because apparently they are preoccupied with 
the roving aberrant entity that is called Xerathon, which is a twisted stronghold of the Mind Flayers. Cool. They're, I guess, mm-hmm. preoccupied with trying to figure out how to... Like, break in there. Break in, invade, and destroy it. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And then we come to, finally, 5th edition. Uh, from the Monster Manual, uh, much like 4th edition, there's just not a whole lot of changes that they really go over. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, the only thing is now, instead of being like any evil alignment, they are now lawful evil. Okay. They are just strictly lawful evil. Okay. I know. Okay. But remember how entertaining the Asmodeus stuff was? That, 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 like, lawful evil can be exciting. Not when you're a space pirate. <laughs> yeah. What, why, I, I wonder if it's just that lawful evil because they have a strict, like, code for That's themselves it. to follow. I guess. That's why they're lawful evil. I guess. And then to Mordenkainen's Tome of Foes, uh, this breaks down their hierarchy just a tad bit more. Basically, you have groups of ten warriors follow the commands of the Sarfs. Ten Sarfs follow the commands of the Kithrak. The Kithrak. Yep. Taylor's having uh, Nirvana flashbacks. Apparently so. And then uh, ten Kithraks follow the commands of a single supreme commander. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Thankfully, there's not as many numbers as the Modrons had. Yeah, and the Modrons were like the imperial system. But this is like the metric system. Because it's just ten, ten, ten. Yeah. Yeah, It makes sense. Whereas the Modrons were like seven, nine, thirty-five. The only important thing is that you end up with one. And then there's two. And then there's some more. And then uh, the Gith Yankee Supreme Commander is considered a legendary creature. Because this is kind of when, you know, the legendary creatures. Yeah. And their legendary actions. God. And their legendary players. Yeah. So they have uh, the legendary actions. I mean, obviously, it's the only Gith Yankee variant that has legendary actions. Yeah. But basically, the Supreme Commander is, like, one step below Vlogkith, it seems. I mean, it doesn't state that, but that's kind of what it seems like. That's the implication. Yeah. But, like I said, not a whole lot of changes happen from 5th edition, and since that's currently where we are in real life, that is all I have. Well, hopefully, I'm hoping that they... um maybe release some some things not only pertaining more to the Githyanki in general, but also maybe like the modern interpretation of Githyanki as player characters. Because yeah. holy shit, I want to be an astral space pirate. Oh, yeah. Holy more than anything? More than anything I've ever wanted. Yeah, uh, same. Actually, no, I might want to be a... No, I want to be an astral space pirate with a red dragon friend. More than More than anything I've ever wanted. Because, I mean, obviously they're still working on a lot of stuff with 5th edition, so hopefully at some point we will see them come out with more involving the Githyanki, more involving with the Astral Sea and everything in of itself. Yeah, like, there's new new source books and stuff every, like, at least once a year, if not multiple times a year. Mm -hmm. Uh, When did Tasha's... uh, Aldrin of Everything come out um, uh, November. I will say fairly recently. Yeah. yeah. So it had to have been fairly recently. I believe you're correct. Yeah. Yeah. It does actually look like they do have, for 5th edition, a 
list of basically like traits and stuff to oh, be able to play a Gith Yankee. Yeah. Sick. But um, I had to look it up, but yeah. It's not as in depth as like other races. I would imagine it's the same spec as like the uh, the Arcoker and the Kenku. Yeah, I mean, you have the basic, like, age, size, speed, the languages that you would speak, ability score increases. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, Backstory suggestions, like, here's how you can work a GIF into the the, the larger, you know. Yeah, and from what I read about uh, GIF as a player character, well, GIF Yankee as a player character, is pretty much it is highly recommended that... If you make one, they are always or almost always an outcast or from their a deserter. Because or... there's no other reason why they would leave their society. Exactly. Because yeah. my thought is if someone had the desire to go against their beliefs, then they would probably just kill them. Yeah. So you would have to be a deserter or an outcast yeah. and in plus, order to not be there. Yeah, pretty much. Fair enough. Or I guess or you could a spy that's slowly turning. Yeah. Ooh. Plus, I also with... yeah. Go ahead. Nah. You, you could go, go with the whole like you know stolen as a baby. That was my thought because I feel like the um, the whole time and aging thing yeah. might be made more complicated if you are were already a gift who was mm, two hundred years old. Yeah. And if you're uh, if you're your friend who you taught that spell to for gets to cast it on you in the fucking six hours you're sleeping. Bye. Hope hope you made a new camp. You made a backup character. Ah, but you could always have like a magical item that has that enchantment on it. Oh fuck yeah. Like a ring or a necklace or something that you can't ever take off, which would put a whole other spin on yeah, that's, everything. That's probably a more practical solution. But I mean just now we're just rambling on about. Now we're just I rambling mean, on about our about. It's not the first time we've created a character from scratch. Just just just, uh, just the last five minutes of just spitballed in an episode. I love our I love our new gift Yankee PC. Yes, I, I do them. too. It was amazing. I might have to try to include one in our campaign. Fuck. We got our gift PC. We got our null PC. We we're, we're full up on. Uh, we've just got a whole like on characters that we've made that we fell in love with well, in like five minutes. If we ever decide to have a null PC on. Uh, Predigital dysfunction, I know who to call. <laughs> oh, oh, he's going to shit bricks when he hears this episode. She is. Oh, no, I mean, I was just going to kill Dahlia and make one. <laughs> no, I mean, not allowed. If you want to do it, that's fine, too. <laughs> anyway. <gasps> anyway, um, thank you, everyone, so much for listening. Hopefully, the uh, rambling at the beginning didn't it's fine. dissuade you too much. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Fine. But don't forget to follow us on all of our various social media platforms. On Twitter, on Instagram. Spread the word, tell your friends, you know, I, anyone who likes Skip Yankee or Big Tall Ugly Elves. Or Space Pirates. Or space pirates. Honestly, yeah. Or if they just like pirates, you might introduce them or to the they space, like pirates. space. Yeah. Or if they like space, I mean like you you'd really have to work that angle, but I'm sure you can do it. Yeah, I mean, or if they like Final Fantasy fourteen Shadowbringers, the vibes it, are there. If you have anything you'd like us to cover, like this episode was a suggested topic, you can suggest it for us at our email at dungeonpedia.podcast@gmail.com. And uh, I think with that, we will catch you next week here on Dungeonpedia. Uh, you know, I'm really glad that it's not a third.
part to this because I feel like we exhausted all of our naming potential with Give Me More. Yeah, but what are we going to do if we get Sarah to do that? Give it another try. Oh, fuck yeah, fuck yeah.